diagnosing illnesses with only a puff of breath. That's what scientists at ETH are developing at the moment. The idea is simple. I exhale into a tube and the collected breath provides information about my health. This method could change medical diagnostics completely. In this episode of the ETH podcast, two researchers will talk to me about working on the revolution of medical diagnostics. My name is Jennifer Kakshuri, and my two guests will each introduce the other. Uh, so yeah, we've got Renato Zinovi with us. He's a professor for chemistry, analytical chemistry at ETH Zurich. Bettina Streckenbach has been a PhD student for a bit more than four years now. She started by doing her master's thesis in my group, and that was a very interesting collaboration between my group and another group in the department. And it was clear that Bettina was motivated and uh, interested, and so I offered her a position, which she accepted. He's an interesting person. So what struck me with him is that uh, so he does not only as a professional at his work, but also uh, on his hobbies. So he's very talented in uh, playing the violin. And uh, yeah. Bettina is somebody very thorough. She really likes to get things done to the last detail. She's also quite athletic. She does a lot of sports. Renato and Bettina, you're here to talk about breathing and breath and breath samples. We're here to talk about exhalomics. Can you tell us in one sentence what exhalomics is, Renato? Well, exhalomics is the chemical profiling of breath. Because breath is not just some sort of air coming out. Breath is also full of messengers from the body and we can determine those. And how can you determine those? Bettina, you brought something along. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I brought a spirometer with us. Um, so this is one way to make use of information that you can gain from breath. But like, so the spirometer that I brought is only focusing on like the volumes of breaths that you're inhaling and exhaling. And to exhale into the spirometer is called spirometrics. Is that correct? Yeah, you would call it performing a spirometry or a lung function test. Exactly. And that has been used for a long time now in clinics. Um, so this is especially of use to um, define any restrictions or obstructions in the respiratory system. But this is specifically only to define like volumes of breath. Could you please describe it to us? Mm -hmm. What does it look like? Yeah, so the one that I brought here today is a um, portable device. It's rather small, so it's at the size of the hand, and you're breathing through kind of like a tube. And the tube is measuring the flow of your exhaled breath and also the pressure difference. By that, it can define volumes that you're exhaling and inhaling. It's like a whole procedure that you have to follow. Can you demonstrate it to us, please? Sure. So I'm putting my nose clips on. Uh, yeah. So right now I have the nose clips on and put my mouth on the mouthpiece. <laughs> Renato, is that exolomics? 
No, spirometry, as Bettina explained, is a purely physical measurement. It measures something like your lung volume, how quickly you can exhale. It's a lung function test. It doesn't give you any kind of metabolic or chemical information. And that's what we try to do with the exalomics, to get the chemical, the metabolic information. So this is only step one, in a sense. Yes. Moreover, people with severely impaired lung function often cannot perform this maneuver. And small children, forget it. They would just maybe chew on the mouthpiece, but that's about it. They cannot perform a spirometry test. So it's only used for um, school-age children and up. For this process of finding ways how to diagnose certain illnesses, you don't take breath samples from a spirometer, but from a spectrometer. What's the difference of the two methods? So in our laboratory, a test person would deliver the breath sample into a mass spectrometer. A mass spectrometer is nothing else but a fancy balance for molecules. We weigh the molecules, we determine the molecular weight very accurately. And when we know the molecular weight, we already have a very good idea what the compounds could be. And so if you have um, a certain person giving a breath sample, there is a whole profile of different signals um, coming from different molecules in the breath. Some of them at extremely low concentration and we can measure all of these and um, uh, say something about what this person's breath tells us. Bettina, what's the advantage of using breath rather than saliva or blood to detect certain things, to diagnose illnesses? Yeah, so first of all, for the from the perspective of the person who gives the sample, uh, it's much more convenient. So I'm breathing every second of every day during my lifetime. So I don't mind to also give a breath sample. Um, however, if I have to give a blood sample, I need to go to the clinics or to a physician, to a doctor, to trained personnel, uh, because otherwise I would be in, at risk for infections or I might be really bad at giving blood sample and uh, might collapse. And Renato, out of your perspective, what's the advantage? Well, if we measure exhaled breath on an instrument that profiles the chemical composition, we actually have to results immediately. So it's much quicker than saliva or blood tests, which yeah. would have to go to the lab. and Exactly. You have to send those in. And uh, when we do the, prof the chemical profiling of exhaled breath, it's very rapid. It's practically real time. So far, I've read that you can detect certain things like sleep, apnea, and also asthma. How do you find that out? How does the process look like? Okay, so first of all, Every disease or even like if you do exercise or something like that, it leaves a metabolic signature in the body. I mean, men and women are metabolically different. Old people are different from young people and so on. So that's not surprising. So when we want to pinpoint the disease, we use 20, 30 people with that disease, diagnosed disease, and 20, 30 age-matched and gender-matched controls that are healthy. And they all come and give a breath sample. And then we use statistical methods to see which signals are different between the healthy and the diseased group. 
Bettina, you work with children. And how do you do that? Because before you said it's hard to get breath samples from little kids, like from toddlers and before a teenage, like just children till they're 10 or 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's especially true for a spirometry test. That's very difficult for children to perform just because it has to be followed in that specific maneuver. Um, however, Exhale Breath, as, as we are sampling it with the methodology that we're using in our laboratories, you only need to exhale, preferably in a constant way, but it doesn't have to do anything with at, at a specific pressure or as long as possible because the instrument is so sensitive that no matter how you're exhaling in principle, you will detect metabolites that are in the breath. Diagnosing diseases with a puff of air, that's the goal of exhalomics. How long will it take till your goals all are reached? Because you're not only uh, researching about sleeping, apnea, and also asthma, but many other fields. Actually, in a sense, we're already pretty close because there is four of these instruments installed in hospital environments, two at the Universitätsspital Zürich, one at the Kinderspital Basel, one at the Kinderspital Zürich. And they measure patients with these instruments every day on a regular basis. And for example, at the USZ, they have the goal of measuring 5,000 patients over the next couple of years. The database that you're building up, is that something that can already help patients or is it still in the doing of building up? It's still in the build-up phase, of course, because before you know what all these profiles are, you cannot uh, say for sure, okay, this person has disease A and this person has disease B. What is clear, however, is that every disease leaves some sort of metabolic fingerprint in the body. And so I don't think this is restricted to lung diseases or diseases of the respiratory tract. I think in the future one might... Uh, be able to diagnose neurodegenerative diseases, maybe early recognition of certain cancers, and so on and so forth. It's rather universal. What's in the future? What do you mean by that? That's a little bit hard to say. I mean, for sure, when we have um, a large database, we can already do something. But uh, on the other hand, it also depends on manufacturers uh, of instruments, so that these instruments become more affordable and can be installed, for example, at the doctor's office and not just in a big hospital. Is this something that you're working on in international groups or is it Switzerland only? Zurich Exolomics is at the moment a little bit larger than Zurich, so kind of Switzerland or parts of Switzerland. But of course there is international efforts. Is there competition on an international level or are you the only ones working on this? No, we're not the only ones. I would like to believe that we're among the best, but of course there is international competition. That's good. And exchange also or not yet? Um, we have a conference that is called the Breath Summit, where all these people show up. Could the medical field, the diagnostic field, be revolutionized by this method of diagnosing illnesses and finding out what's wrong or right with people and how they feel? I would say absolutely. I, I would really like to see that this becomes the standard way of diagnosing whatever disease. But that's really quite a few years down the road. 
Bettina, you're nodding. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's something that hasn't been fully used at all. Uh, there are a few clinical tests using Brasbud in that range that we could actually gain insights, systemic insights of the human body. Uh, there's a lot to still achieve. And which fields so far have profited the most of your research and of the research of the Exolomics Consortium? I would say probably the clinical environment, but not only. So now we have people who are interested in exercise. When do you burn your fat, for example? Or people who are interested in the metabolism of animals that goes from lab animals, like mice. We recently did a study on bees, The instrument is sensitive enough to get the volatile signature of bees. And another study we did on cows, we had about 100 bags full of cow breath that we measured in the lab. How did you get that? Well, the cows uh, were in a chamber and the air from the chamber was sampled. And what did you find out? I don't know yet. We're analyzing the data. <laughs> and bees, I never thought about if bees breathe or not. Well, it's not breath of bees, it's more like uh, their pheromones and their signaling molecules, because that's what they do, right? That's how they uh, communicate to fellow bees where to find the nice flowers and so on. So Exolomics wants to spread in all fields and, uh, I don't know, analyze the world in a way? I mean, the scariest thing I've come by was people asking, could we do a breath passport for people? And in principle, I think that should be possible. But if you think about the consequences that every time you pass by somewhere, people measure your breath, that's a little bit of scary outlook, isn't it? But it's like a fingerprint. Uh, exactly, comparable. yeah, or face recognition. <laughs> Renato, you're a professor here at ETH, you're a researcher, you're the head of Exolomics, you're a manager in a sense also. How do you keep an overview of the 14 groups working for Exolomics? Well, first of all, we have several projects, usually by a PhD student, between groups. So, for example, I have several PhD students that are employed at ETH Zurich, but work somewhere else. I might or might not be the academic supervisor, but I know what's going on. And other than that, I don't interfere with the day-to-day -day business, but we meet regularly. We meet in the whole consortium once a year and among the principal investigators every few months. So we really have a very good exchange. There's a claim on your website. It says, you exhale, we diagnose. When will this be true for the normal patient? It could be in as little as a few years, but uh, it could also be a decade. It's a little bit difficult to say because the market, the diagnostics market is dominated by large companies like Roche Diagnostics. And I think companies like that should make sure that they get involved, that they don't miss the train, so to speak. And once that happens, then it will be rather quick. And it's also about finding significant signatures that we can validate. And if we can validate something, it might happen rather quickly than in the, in the far future. So it's, it's hard to tell right now, but it looks very promising. Both of you are very motivated and full of hope, but supposedly you're not collaborating yet with the big companies. Well, we have within the Zurich Exolomics Consortium, we have two startup companies. One company doing sensors, so portable devices for very specific metabolites. The other company doing more 
data analysis. So kind of big data, art, artificial intelligence, interpretation of these breath prints. What often happens to startup companies is that they get bought up by a gigantic company. And these big companies, they are not interested in doing all the hard work themselves. They want to buy a ready-made solution. <laughs> What is your vision if you think of exonomics and everything goes smoothly and goes to the future that we actually just spoke about? What do you see? I see a future with exonomics of actually in the daily business of physicians so that taking a breath sample is something not out of the extraordinary but something that becomes like a clinical tool that can be easily used, especially also for personalized medicine. We haven't talked about that yet today, but that's also a hot topic. I would wish for it to become like a common standardized tool that is part of our health checkup. Like day-to-day -day health checkup, like taking blood from the finger, like as normal as that even? Yes, as normal as that. Probably not like you, that you need to take it day by day. Of course, um, there might be startups popping up that use it as a fancy tool for it to do some breath tests at home. Um, but I would rather say like on the clinician side that it's like a very common tool to use. Renato, what's your vision for the future of exonomics? Yeah, I largely agree with what Bettina just said. Um, so you could imagine that if you check into a doctor's office, sometimes now they take your blood pressure, but maybe in the future they take a breath print. And the other side, I would see that uh, miniature devices that can be maybe interfaced with a mobile phone, that one can blow into the mobile phone And then the phone app tells you, well, you better go see a doctor or you forgot your medication today or you better exercise again, things like that. It was great talking to Renato Zenobi and Bettina Streckenbach. Thanks for listening to the ETH podcast. Ties Wachter, Luki Fretz and I, Jennifer Kakshuri, from the Audiobande produced this episode of the ETH podcast. Yeah. <sighs>